if you're using a short sword, which is like so boring for a monk. I don't know. You got to use the quarter staff, right? Right. No. Well, you know. Come on. I'm, I'm anti-weapons entirely for monks. <laughs> you should be punching people. You should be punished until 11th level. <laughs> yes. It's role-playing a certain level of ascetism. Define the word for some right. listeners who might not know it. Yes, just, you just, are just resisting the, the urge. Don't know it. We know it. You are resisting the <laughs> urge to take this big damage that you are offered. Okay, you are living this pure life <laughs> of one d fours and one d sixes. Welcome to Monsters and Multiclass, your Dungeons and Dragons fix. I'm Kevin Odie. I'm Jared Bornigal, and I'm Will Milton. And we'll be hanging out with you for a while to talk about anything and everything D&D related. On this episode, we are taking a look at all of the monk changes in Tasha's Cauldron of Everything. Specifically being the optional class features, the way of the astral self, and the way of mercy. So, hold your chair and stick around for a while. So today we are talking about the monks from Tasha's. Uh, monks are often viewed as one of the worst classes in 5th edition. Especially after Rangers got some changes in Tasha's that were like a, a really big class overhaul. Uh, but they sit in this really weird space where they're not the best at damage and all of their stuff relies on a resource that drains extremely quickly. Uh, but there's definitely some some new features here in Tasha's, some optional class features as they're called. And let's see if it gives a, a uh, jump up like it does with the ranger, starting with dedicated weapon. So, you train yourself to use a variety of weapons as monk weapons, not just simple melee or short swords. Whenever you finish a short or long rest, you can touch one weapon, focus your key on it, then count the weapon as a monk weapon until you use this feature again. The chosen weapon must meet these criteria. It has to be a simple or martial weapon. You have to be proficient in it, and it has to lack the heavy and special properties. What do we think? I, I think it's a nice quality of life adjustment. Uh, it just kind of opens up a little bit. It's lacking the heavy, heavy and special isn't going to be like groundbreaking. Yeah, you're not going to be able to do anything crazy here sure. with it. Um, we're not going to see like a two end. We're not going to see great sword monks anytime soon, right? Unless you're the the Kenzai, right? I think they can. Yeah, yeah. I forget actually yeah. what their limitations are. Yeah, but so it doesn't like completely step on what makes Kenzai special with um, monk weapons, like being able to do like a two-handed quarterstaff as a D8 anyways. So it's not like all of a sudden they now have access to a D8 damage dice. I think the biggest thing is this just opens up some magic weapons. You're not stuck in giving them like a short sword or a quarterstaff or a magic weapon. Sure. It also helps. Give them some other things as well. It helps multi-classing a little bit as well. Mm -hmm. Not a ton by any means. And, you know, Monks just aren't great to multi-class with in general, uh, but at least this way, if right. you already have the proficiency, then you get that boost. Uh, and checking on Kenzai, it does not have the heavy or special limitation. Also, it gives you right. proficiency with that weapon. So this is more of like making up for, if you're proficient in it, being able to still make it a monk weapon. Right. Uh, I do wonder how often... With this, we'd see uh, more monks using, like, bows and, and crossbows and such. Uh, it officially falls under the criteria of a martial weapon, so if you have the proficiency, you can use it. It generally only works for Kensai, because they get a couple of things added to their ranged attacks. 
Right. Well, does it allow ranged? So it says, what? why would it call out, it has a line, it must be a simple or a martial weapon. Sure. Because that that's literally everything then, unless yeah. ranged or separate, because they do have separate categories, simple ranged weapons, simple martial weapon or martial ranged weapons, right? No, yeah, they... Uh, they're not very separate now. They're they're in the same little box there. So it should be. Otherwise, it would specify a simple melee weapon and a uh, martial melee weapon, which it doesn't. But what's weird though that it says simple or martial as opposed to what? Yeah, that that's what I'm saying. Literally, every weapon in the game is one of those two. I don't know, right? Yeah, just a little weird. No, see, yeah, oh yeah, simple melee weapons, simple ranged weapons, martial melee weapons, martial ranged weapons. Yeah, it's confusing. <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, you know, I, I believe this does allow for for the range. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. Right? Is there a benefit? Probably not. Not really. Yeah, uh, I guess it probably says it because <clears throat> so you're not doing like an improvised weapon. If you pick up like a table, oh, like, that's okay. not a simple or a martial weapon. It's an improvised. Sure. Weapon, and they don't want you to be making that a monk weapon. Be kind of neat though if you could just like make a monk weapon out of anything. Yeah, the Jackie Chan subclass. That <laughs> <Right>. was <laughs> an underrated cartoon. <laughs> the Adventures of Jackie Chan. Not all of the yes. movies that he's put out. It's just the cartoon. The cartoon oh. was pretty good though. I, I liked it. <laughs> but yeah, the question is, where are these proficiencies going to come from in day to day play? Um, you've got feats, you've got a handful of racial Rachel, abilities yeah. that very, right. I mean, that's very <clears throat> limited. And then multi-classing. Yeah, that's probably the big thing. So multi-classing, not, not a ton, but yeah, if it yeah, comes I up, I don't feel like really strongly about this and I don't like hate it. It's fine that it's there. It's a little disappointed that it rules out special because that means we can't make nets a um, monk weapon. Yeah, so no monks whip Nettington. Whips and, <laughs> whips and nets and whips Karate and nets. Karate whips Nettington. I think somebody <laughs> built that in our, our whips Nettington competition. They did a Kensai, though, and chose the net. Mm. Mad respect. Mad respect. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah it, it's just a really elaborate way to rephrase, like, if you multi-class, you're not screwed. <laughs> yeah. Except for you still kind of are because you still can't but touch you, a shield yeah. or wear armor. <laughs> your like points are still really limited. Yeah. It would probably work better for I, barbarians. Barbarian monk multiclass. Sure. Rogue monk multiclass maybe. Barbarian, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, because then like a rogue could yeah, grab yeah, like a rapier or something. And sure. So they the get short swords finesse too, isn't it? So that's Short sword is, but it's 1d6. Right. So, okay, they get an extra average of one more damage. <laughs> that is literally game-breaking. <laughs> All right, next up is the key-fueled attack. If you spend one key... Oh, sorry, this is a third-level feature. If you spend one key or more as part of your action on your turn, you can make one attack with an unarmed strike or a monk weapon as a bonus action before the end of the turn. So this isn't huge at all. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's a little odd one. The thing that I actually just picked up on, it's an unarmed strike or a monk weapon. 
So that is actually better damage for the first like 10 levels of monk until your uh, martial arts die outpaces your monk weapons normal damage. Uh, which, as we're just saying, okay, usually yeah. like a, a D6, a D8 takes a while to get there. Uh, so if you like use a stunning strike on your attack action, then you just get to use your actual weapon for your bonus action attack. It raises the damage of the monks a little bit. Yeah, just a real little bit. Because, But then it ties it to a resource of key. Sure. Good. Just in case anyone's not aware that the core monk thing of martial arts allows them to, when they take the attack action, as a bonus action, make an unarmed strike. And they could just always do that. Right. There's no resource tied to it. And then, yeah, the unarmed attacks start as a D4, and they go up D6, D8, so on, at various, various thresholds. So, yeah, I mean, I guess if you take the attack action, but all you do is, like, grapple... At raw, you then would not be able to do an unarmed strike. But now with this, you could, as long as you manage to somehow find a way to spend a key on that grapple. And I don't know how you would do that. No, no. I think the there is a handful of subclass abilities that are very yeah. This doesn't make sense at all to me. Oh, okay. I remember this coming out when I was playing a semi high level monk and just being baffled of its existence entirely. <laughs> So I this think is, it's specifically, it's good for the two subclasses in Tasha's. They have various abilities where as an action, spend key and do this, and it's not an attack. This then allows them to keep attacking while doing their other stuff. Yeah, and I think it, it helps out low-level monks, because of what I was saying, where it, it will give them the ability to use their bonus action to make a weapon attack instead of their unarmed strikes. The unarmed strikes are significantly weaker until... I think it is level 10 or 11 or something. It goes up to eight. Mm -hmm. it, it takes a while. Yeah. And you were, you were level 14 or so. So you were at the point where it no longer helped you. Uh, the other subclass that it helps, Way of the Four Elements. Because <laughs> there's no oh, help. Okay. They, they do a lot of, as an action, spend a key to cast a spell. Okay. Yeah. And then they get their bonus That's action a really to strike. Point. Yeah. I know no you're shaking your head at me. Place. And I, it's it it needs a it, lot it more a, help than that. Yeah. But it's a little boost. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah they get... Uh, go ahead. Yeah, un unarmed strikes go up to... D the martial arts die goes up to D6 at 5th level and D8 at 11th. Yeah. So your weapon's so, yeah. outpacing it for a while. Yeah. If you're using a quarter staff, because that's like the most right. common is a two-handed quarter staff. That's a D8. Uh, a rapier, as we just said, will be a D8. If you're using a short sword, which is like so boring for a monk... I don't know. You got to use the quarter staff, right? Right. No. Well, yeah. Come on. No, I'm, I'm anti weapons entirely for me. <laughs> you should be punching people. You should be punished until 11th level. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you. Will finally figured out how to balance the monk. It's to just completely take away any damage capabilities. It's role playing a certain level of ascetism. Define the word for some <laughs> right. listeners who might not know it. That's yes, just, you just, are just resisting the, the urge. Don't know it. We know it. You are resisting the <laughs> urge to take this big damage that you are offered. Okay. You are living this pure life <laughs> of 1d4s and 1d6s. <laughs> Balanced out by your ability to get an extra attack as a bonus action. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, okay. So next up is Quickened Healing. So as an action, you can spend two key points and roll a martial arts die, which is the one that we're saying goes up with your levels. You regain a number of HP equal to the number rolled plus your proficiency bonus. I I think this is bad. Very bad. It, it's too expensive for such a small amount of health. Exactly. At low levels, it's nowhere near enough HP because we're talking about what? Two key points to get 1d4 plus two healing plus two. until level right. five. Then it's 1d6 plus three. As a whole action and two key points? No way. No way. Yeah. The only thing this goes with is short rests. Sure. Before your short yeah. rest, this Just is a good way up, to yeah. burn up your key. If you still have key, I don't How? know what you were doing. How do you still have key? How did you do it? <laughs> right, it goes so fast. Yeah. This does trigger the key fuel strikes, though. Attacks, the previous one. So you do this, and then yeah. you still get a bonus action attack. You are correct. <laughs> you know, I can see during combat in a pinch mm-hmm. doing it. Like, you're slugging it out with an enemy, and you're both really low, and so you do this to get a bit of health. And if you're, like, second level, that could be half your health <laughs> that you get back. Uh, it like, doesn't... I mean, it think, can't use it till fourth. Oh, you're right. Yeah, okay. it's fourth level. So that Still, I is, mean, yeah. that's only 1d4 plus 2. You get 6 HP. That's probably a quarter of your health. Uh, it's right. situation. And that's, yeah, and that's that assuming is, you roll a 4. Yeah. And when we're looking at high levels, it's just not worth your entire action. Because you're able to do so much with one action. The idea of even taking a d10 plus a proficiency bonus of like 6. 6, That's yeah. 11 HP for a whole action. No way. Never going to get used. In the middle of combat, no. No, no. At but the end, yeah, as a way to yeah, just dump it and heal yourself up before short rests. Yeah, I just don't think that's what I've been missing from monks, though. I haven't been thinking right. like, oh man, if I could only just find a way to give myself health more often. It's right. not. It's not really like the the downside of the class. Um, I think yeah. what I would rather is if they added as an action, roll a martial arts die and regain that many key once per long rest. Now that ability I'd use. Yeah, just a way to get it back. Okay. Yeah. Because they get it back on short rest, but I think that's probably one of the biggest complaints is that they just can burn through key so quickly. And then once Mm -hmm. they're out, it's like, that's it. You suck now. All right. Next is focused aim. So this is at fifth level. When you miss with an attack roll, you can spend one to three key points to increase your attack roll by two for each of the key points you spend, potentially turning the miss into a hit. Um, I'm torn on this one. It's always nice to be able to do that and like trigger it when you know already know that you missed and you kind of know what you rolled. Um, it would really suck though where you spend all three key points and it's still not enough because you misjudged the AC. But I think that's probably pretty rare. You could get a good sense of it. Yeah. Especially if the DM's lenient where it's like, all right, I spend one key point. Does it hit? No. All right, second key point. Yeah, okay, that one hits. Or you can let them do it one at a time. That's a nice way to I, play I, it. I, I, I don't would think like that's that. the intent, but you know, I'd maybe let them do that. No, it's not the intent. I'm yeah mildly surprised, like very, very mildly, that they didn't just do what they did with the, the rogue subclass. I don't. I think it's the. I forget which one it is. The psionic one, where if you you can add your psionic, and if it doesn't, oh, the, the hit, psionic yeah, yeah, yeah. If it yeah. Do, if it doesn't succeed, then you don't spend it. Right. But like that's. I already think that's really really nice. Like too nice for the rogue <laughs> subclass. I get kind of nervous about adding that, but 
I could see something along those lines. I like what you said of just as the DM being nice about it and being like, your key right. are very important and you obviously want to hit another one. Come on. Nope. Make it three. Make it three. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I don't like about it, though, is the monk usually doesn't have individual big hits. Their whole thing is they do a lot of little hits. And so being able to turn the tide on one of those is not as impactful as, say, like a rogue or sure. a paladin or very something true. like that. Great we, weapon master. You know fighter. what I like about it? Hmm. It lets you spend key so that the enemy can pass your stunning save checks. <laughs> it's like, oh, I was going to burn key on a stunning strike, but I missed. So I'm going to burn key to waste this key on a stunning strike. <laughs> Yes, so that's definitely another problem of the monks is their big helpful thing is that stunning strike and it is very much a save or suck ability. Right, yeah, fifth level ability, after you hit an opponent, you could choose to spend one key and you force them to make a con save. If they fail, they are stunned until the end of your next turn. Sure. Sten being they can't take actions and stuff like that. And Attacks against them have advantage. Yeah, have advantage, yeah. So, you know, I... That one's so difficult because they made such a powerful ability and almost everything has good constitution saves. I mean, you're not going to find, you're not frequently going to find a monster that has like a negative one to con saves. Just doesn't happen uh, because of this reason. And if you just allowed Stunning Strike to go off every single round, it wouldn't, it would it would break the game. I mean, it's, it's so oh, yeah. good. So... <laughs> The ability to, you know, do it every single time against multiple creatures, it's ridiculous. So it makes for a very disappointing ability when you just keep, as Will is describing here, dumping key into this one thing that you need to succeed and it just fails, Mm -hmm. fails, fails. This is an extension of the key vacuum. So like it's when you're a high level caster, you you cannot get your shit off fast enough. Right. But with a monk, you can spend key to spend key, and now you can spend more key during that process. <laughs> right. But, like, when it works, it's worth it. When you, you know, raise it by, we'll say, one or two, you spend a key point to make the attack hit, and then the attack hits and you use your stunning strike, you just change the entire course of the battle. It's that good. It really is. Mm-hmm. Again, stunning a creature for an entire round until the end of your next turn is, it's frustrating. It's one of the worst abilities to have against as a, as a DM because you're just like, what do I do? I failed. This, this creature just sucks now. It can't take legendary actions even. It just, it's got nothing. You know what this does though? You can almost spend all of your key in one go. That's what I've been looking for. Finally. <laughs> Before you could only spend about like five or so. Now you can spend like 18. Yeah, because if every single hit would miss and you just dump three key points into it to bump each, that up right. and a stunning strike on each of them and just keep right. failing and every single the flurry of blows. Stunning yeah. strikes. Yeah. <laughs> every single miss. Yeah. <laughs> like it can straight up be two turns and you're just done. And, right. you know, at the end of the day, I, I feel like we're just, we're going to constantly disagree on this, Will. That is what I like about monks. I like that resource management. It's like, 
it's fun to me to realize I've got all this stuff that I could blow immediately, but instead I have to like pick and choose and like trickle it out that it's enjoyable. I like monks. <laughs> I actually think it's one of the Sorry. better classes for doing that. It just is kind of brutally difficult. Right. And <laughs> it, it blows up in your face so often. It's just, oh. So I, I was laughing because D and D really common people play for like the power fantasy. I mean, the crazy heroes and going Nova and blasting shit and doing all these really cool big turns. And here you guys, oh, I really like to be able to have to rein myself in, yes. and like be responsible yeah. with my resources. That's we're double nerds, <laughs> right? I was saying, what, no, what I kind of like. It too. What do you? It has a nice little extra layer challenge. What are you talking about? Playing for the power <laughs> fantasy? I play D and D so that the I can just constantly be stepped on. I'm just like, no, you're not good enough. Sorry. It makes succeeding that much better. And that's right. where it really comes from is I, I don't want, I don't want to be the rogue who just does 800 damage on the first turn and just kills everything well, and then goes high. I mean, that's fun too. It's sure, Kevin. Sure. It's fun. It's okay. <laughs> um, all right, let's let's move on. I think that's that is all of the optional features. I don't think there's anything just like totally game changing and the way that there was with the Ranger where it's like replacing features. This is all just mm-hmm. little add-ons to make the first 5 levels of Monk feel a little bit better, uh which was necessary. Right. The first yeah. 5 levels suck. So, let's move on to our monastic traditions, starting with Way of Mercy. Another edgy death class. Yes! Good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's a pretty damn edgy version of a monk. Uh, but honestly, okay. I think it's pretty cool. It's kind of like a field yeah, medic. I, I like it, yeah. It's just, we've talked about it before. There's a lot of subclasses where it's like, this is the version of the class where they like facilitate the transfer of life and death and decide who goes and who doesn't. So yeah. this is the- They're all of little different flavors and all of that, but this is still in that vein. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's basically, yeah, a medic. Uh, generally they I guess described in the flavor are part of like a religious order uh, administering to the needy and making grim choices rooted in reality rather than idealism uh, so as, as Kevin was saying it is the the edgy death one uh, but right. their their first ability here is implements of mercy so they gain proficiency in insight and the medicine skills and gain proficiency with the herbalism kit they also Gain a special mask, ooh, which you often wear when using the features of this subclass. And that is a, a deceiving <laughs> sentence there because it never comes up again. Comes up again. <laughs> when, when they said that, I was like, I was like, oh, okay. I think the mask thing's kind of dumb, but like, all right, fine. Um, let's, let's see how it's used. Yeah, yeah, let's see how it's used. No, not once. <laughs> all right, boys. Once. Are you more of a laughing visage, a crying visage, a skull, or a butterfly? I'm actually more <laughs> of a raven. Oh yeah, raven. I was thinking about this actually. I don't know why I was like googling the plague and reading the Wikipedia <laughs> about the plague last night. But I was thinking, like, in a world where they had magical healing, would they have needed to fill the nose of these masks with <laughs> lavender in right. a failed attempt to stop germs? They just didn't, or as they called it, miasma. They literally just didn't like stinky stuff. That's it. 
Like, that's the only reason. <laughs> These monks, at least. Like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I stuff it with the vanilla. Wouldn't you? Why are you guys just smelling air all the time? People just right. shit and throw it in the streets. <laughs> like, what are you? <laughs> Why are you not wearing masks? Um, so I I definitely will say I, okay, let's, let's talk about the actual benefits first. Insight and medicine, uh, very fitting. Good, mm-hmm. uh, good proficiencies to get. Out of combat stuff. That's cool. Herbalism kit. I don't think that's come up once in a game I've ever ran or played in. Yeah, but I mean, if someone kind of forces it, it, it works. Sure. Um, there, yeah, there's the wandering physicians and they're going to have maybe make some health potions and poultices and things like that. I think all you can do is make a healer's kit, actually. Is that it? <laughs> I'm, I, I mean, not like literally that's it. Right. I'm sure there's some some benefits and such you can use it for in Xanathar's. Because uh, that added a lot around the kits, but right, yeah, you, you can't the make rules a healing exist, potion. But it's not good. <laughs> uh, so yes, and then you know it says that you you gain the special mask. As we said, it doesn't have any actual benefits. Uh, it doesn't affect your class in any capacity. I feel like I'm just upset that they put it in at all as anything other than a suggestion. Because as it's written, right. You you have to have this mask. And I know, like, it's, yeah. it's obviously you can easily just say, no, I don't do the mask thing. And no one is going right. to argue with you. Uh, but but uh, your DM should. <laughs> <laughs> what mask do you wear, cringe lord? Is it the butterfly? <laughs> you just bring, like, a, a butterfly mask and just give it to them. You have to wear this when we play. You have to. <laughs> At the table, you have to wear this mask. <laughs> so yeah, I'm yeah, just I'm I, just not a fan when they like force flavor on you. Like get out of here. I don't need right. a butterfly mask. Yeah, like in the uh like couple paragraphs of description could have said frequently wear a mask to hide their identity in the sense an executioner does or to protect against sickness. You know, right. and just like left it at that. It yeah, didn't need to be part of a third level feature with a table. It just, I don't know. I like, just, we're probably giving this too hard of a time because it doesn't really matter. You can just no, skip it and move but, on or take but it. No, but no, no. This means that you don't get your mask until third level, <laughs> which means for the first two levels, you're walking around maskless and then you hit third level and you're just like, oh, hey, I got my mask, guys. And it was like, right. where did that just come like, from? poof out of yeah. nowhere. <laughs> This is just cool ass raven mask. Finally, I've <laughs> killed enough goblins and cleared enough dungeons in order to earn my mask. Like, dude, you could have been wearing that the entire time, right? <laughs> just been carrying that around. <laughs> is, this, is this what people tune in for? For us to make fun of really insignificant flavor choices? I, yeah, yes. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> it is now. Welcome to the show. Next is Hand right. of Healing. Your mystical touch can mend wounds. Also third level. Also third level. Yes, that's very important. That's not all yes. they get at third level. They get a lot more. Uh, your yeah. mystical touch can mend wounds. As an action, you can spend one key point to touch a creature and restore a number of HP equal to a roll of your martial arts die plus your wisdom modifier. And when you use your flurry of blows, you can replace one of the unarmed strikes with a use of this feature without spending a key point for the healing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah that last line saves it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah, use flurry of blows, you can get three attacks off and heal somebody nearby. Or yourself, I think. Yes, yes. Double check okay. that. It just says a creature. A creature, yeah. 
So it's pretty reliable healing. We were just mm-hmm. talking about how the two key points and an action for a martial arts die plus your proficiency bonus is awful. This is much more reliable and only costs one key point and is like just part of your turn as it is. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't know actually why you would ever. Okay. I guess if there's truly, if you really just need to get somebody up and there's no enemies around you, just spend the key point to heal them. I say, because <laughs> if you're in battle, because like you would get the bonus action attack anyways because of that new uh, right the key field attack option because you spend action and a key points so you get a bonus action attack and like if you are going to take that just spend the key point on flurry of blows to get three attacks and healing but you could use this to when there's no enemies around and- sure but uh, on the other hand uh, you could also just cast flurry of blows next to your downed friend and just punch the ground three times in frustration <laughs> and then give them the healing <laughs> and it's the exact same resource cost so say, yeah. that one that one's free guys you can use yeah, that in your games great, great flavor yeah <laughs> yeah so this healing is not insane um it very much does feel like that field medic thing like somebody goes down and shit let me use my defibrillator hands to get them up basically my magic defibrillators at this point <laughs> it's also just steady healing i mean yeah. if you're you're up in the shit as the monk uh, I just said earlier, it's like, how often are you really starving for HP? Uh, but, you know, maybe it's worth it where you're just, you're at half HP, you're tanking really hard this fight, and you just want to keep yourself up every time, use that flurry of blows. It's one key right. point, keep yourself alive. Uh, or somebody next to you, either way. Right. If you don't want to keep people alive, you have your other option, Hand of Harm. So this, you use your key to inflict wounds. When you hit a creature with an unarmed strike, you can spend one key point to deal extra narcotic damage equal to one of your martial arts die plus your wisdom modifier. And you can only use this feature once per turn. Also third level. So we got our healing hand and we got our hand of harm. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a key for an extra attack, basically. Damage wise. Yeah, damage wise. Yeah. Yes. Later on, this becomes really good because there's things that kind of enhance it and you can use it more frequently. Um, I don't know. I'm torn. It's like right on the cusp for me. It's like, is that really worth the key? Monk Smites. This is when you hit a creature, not before right. you hit the creature. So if you crit, you can spend that Deal key. Extra damage. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. This this should crit. So <laughs> I... Th- right. <laughs> That's in, in reference to the, <laughs> the ranger. We've run into and this before with Tasha's. It's like, does this crit? This and one should. For some reason, this should, I guess. Yeah. That is it deal extra necrotic damage. Yes. yes. That is the keyword yeah. there. The extra, extra means that it is attached. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I mean, yeah, that, that much makes it pretty worthwhile. But you're right. It gets better later on. For right, right. now, yeah. it's, it's and okay. Because like, your wisdom's not going to be that high. Uh, maybe even ever. Like, I could see wanting to focus on dex and constitution before wisdom. Though, if you're playing this, wisdom does come up a lot. So. Yeah, you now have a good reason to. That's a lot, actually, that you're putting on the table if you don't up your wisdom. That's healing right. and and this. Right. Yeah, this this kind of forces your hand. But it, it is all... This is At third level, you have three key points. Right. Right. And this this is a way that you just, like, ensure that you never have three key points. <laughs> it's just it will be impossible to have that number of key points for more than like 15 minutes for an extra 1d4 plus one or two damage it's okay and then even back on hands of healing like 
later on, I think it gets better. But but then again, never mind. You can use that for free with Flurry of Blows. That, that's why that one's okay. Right. Because that's still also all 1d4 plus one or two, which is not a lot. But but I mean, let's let's be realistic here. Not too many characters are fantastic at third level. If we tried to look at their resources, it's like, what's the resources of a set or a third level wizard? They have what a first. <laughs> it lasts set. more than one turn. I right. say. Fair, fair. But they yeah. they can't punch all day. <laughs> no, that's true. And a fighter. How about that? A battle master. They have like what three maneuvers? Something like, like that. Superiority die. Yeah, superiority like die. It's not that many. They're burning through them too. And these are damage wise yeah. kind of the equivalent of superiority dice. I think superiority dice are a little better. They started at D6, not a D4. Right. Uh, but besides the point, you're, you're right. You're going to burn through it. I do wish there was still that ability of, you know, you're to get some key points back mid-fight instead of waiting for a short rest. But, eh. Yeah. Oh, superiority dice start as D8s. They start as D8s? That's right. It's yeah. the feet. The feet is a D6 because they really wanted it to be confusing for everybody. And you start out with four. Okay. Nice. That's better than... This is dog yeah. shit. I take it back, guys. <laughs> Every word. The monk is the worst class in the game. Minus the fact that they can just attack, you know, three times at second level. No other class can do that. That is... And then that's, that's it. Forever. And that's it. For, for, wait. Wait. <laughs> Uh, next up is Physician's Touch. So this is the sixth level ability. Can administer even greater cures with a touch. And if you feel it's necessary, you can use your knowledge to cause harm. Oh, just dripping with edge. Uh, when you use your hand of healing on a creature, you can also end one disease or one of the following conditions affecting the creature. Blinded, deafened, paralyzed, poisoned, or stunned. And then... You have the Hand of Harm. Uh, when you use Hand of Harm on a creature, you can subject the creature to the poison condition until the end of your next turn. Doesn't suck so anymore, the... does it? <laughs> uh, no, it's, this flips it. Yeah. Um, yeah, being able to cure any of those conditions is really nice. Like paralyzed and stunned and stuff could be really... Pretty sure that's just lesser restoration. Yeah. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. I don't think there's anything missing. Uh right. Yeah. And to be able to do that as part of your flurry of blows action where you get three attacks, then heal somebody of, at this point, it'd be 1d6 plus wisdom and cure one of these conditions. That's a pretty good turn. Yeah. They're not, they're not like, you know, oh, I guess I'm grappled conditions either. They're like the worst. Blinded, yeah. blinded, paralyzed, poisoned, and stunned. All of, all of those just suck. Right. Deafened, eh. I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and then the hand of harm one, we could uh, apply the poison condition. And there's no save. Yeah. Which is really nice. So if you hit, you get to do your 1d6 plus wisdom and poison them. And you can make really bad decisions like using hand of harm and stunning strike on the same attack so that you poison them <laughs> and make it so they can't attack at all. So Right. And then waste all your key points. Yeah. And, just blow and make sure you do the plus three to boost up the... Yeah, make, make sure you yeah. fuck this up correctly <laughs> uh, no totally right though very good it makes the hand of harm a little bit easier to, to deal with it's not just extra damage uh, the lack of save is I think a lot of times what I what I see the 
the monk missing. You know, as we're saying, is the stunning strike is either it succeeds and it's amazing or it doesn't succeed and, well, just burn some key points for nothing. Uh, this is mm-hmm. a good middle ground where poisoned sucks. It's not the end of the world. They have ways to get advantage to negate the disadvantage. Yeah. The only thing I would say is a lot of creatures, monsters are immune to poison. I think that's, that's probably true. The most, one of the most common which is condition immunities. Which is probably good for, for DMs because, you know, got to look out for them. Uh, they can't just manipulate time and space whenever. Uh, but, <laughs> you know, if, if your boss is just getting disadvantage every single turn because the monk keeps using this, uh, it's going to be kind of a mediocre fight. So, right. I'm all right with it. Yeah. And I say by the time this happens, they can do it six times per short rest. And that sounds more reasonable. Yeah. All right, then Flurry of Healing and Harm. So you can now meet out a Flurry of Comfort and Hurt. When you use Flurry of Blows, you can now replace each of the unarmed strikes with a use of your Hand of Healing without spending key points for the healing. In addition, when you make an unarmed strike with Flurry of Blows, you can use your Hand of Harm with that strike without spending the key point for Hand of Harm. You can still use Hand of Harm only once per turn. So Flurry of Blows just got even better. Right, it'd just be this mix of hurting and healing. Yeah, <laughs> that is the class. It's just hurting and healing. It is, yeah. Even its art is it has you know it's two hands out like this, and one hand's got this like black dark energy, and the other one the light energy. Yeah, yeah. got to name each hand. <laughs> Hurty and healy. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> this is my hurdy, and this is my healy. <laughs> But, like, you just tell every enemy that, and you just switch them up to catch them off guard. They think they're coming in with the heel. They're like, oh, that fist looks very healy, and then boom, hit him with the hurt. Boom! Necrotic damage out of nowhere. Uh, this is extremely so by the powerful. Time you're, yeah, by the time you're 11th level, your martial arts die, arts die is now a D8. So that is a D8 plus wisdom modifier of healing per hit, uh, which at that point you're on part of like cure wounds right uh because that's a d8 per plus you know whatever the casting thing is uh and you can do that in theory four times right uh fl- each of the unarmed, each unarmed strikes, strike. i guess the, the flurry of blow strikes would be your bonus action ones because the flurry oh, of okay, blows so doesn't twice. affect everything got it yeah so you can do it twice right still pretty good i mean again we're talking yeah. about 2d10 plus probably, 2D8. oh yeah, sorry, 2d8 plus probably like 8 to 10 from your wisdom modifier in healing if you need it. That's definitely worthwhile, right. even mid-combat. For the cost of a key. Yeah. For the cost of a key. Uh, or again, just that free, free-ish uh, hand of harm, which you could still do one of the hand of harm and then the hand of healing. Like, as your flurry of blows. So. Right. Yeah. Wow. No detailed analysis here. No breakdowns. Just wow. <laughs> I don't know. In a melee wow yo-yo worthy. situation, it's, <laughs> it's, it's absolutely brutal. If your tank Wait, is, like, going down, for instance, in a melee encounter... You don't have to even pause what you're doing to keep bringing them back up. Right. Right. 
It makes you which is a very it, that's big really powerful, right? The only thing is, I would say it. I, I still think Healing Word outclasses this, which most casters get as a bonus action, so it's still not taking up their whole turn from thirty feet away to get someone up. Sure, yeah. That's when you have to be up in melee range. You're spending key points, which are... But, I mean, healing with a spell slot. So, I guess that's kind of just... And, if you cast healing word, that means you're not getting a real spell off. You're only getting a cantrip off. That's true. Uh, Healing word is great. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and say, like, oh, healing word has its downsides. No, it's a fantastic (laughs) spell. Uh, But very different scenarios. And, I don't know. This is just... It's a different kind of good. Right. Uh, I think you're right, though, Kevin. The positioning is probably the biggest issue with this. You will probably find yourself in a lot of situations where you want to use a healing hand, but there just isn't really the opportunity to do so. Even with, like, monk movement and stuff like that, there, it's not 30 feet range, you know? That's fair. Right. I think the, the only time where it's really a problem is if you're already engaged over on this side of the map and somebody goes down on this side of the map and you now have to break off from whatever you're fighting and run to the way, way other side, you can't... Can you disengage as a bonus action using a key? Well, even if you do, you then have to spend a key. (laughs) Yes. It's... If you're not next to them already, it's going to be difficult to get over there. Where with Healing Word, you can stay where you're at and use your action for whatever and just pop that bonus action there's no stipulations so yeah it it works well if you already have another martial character that you're like you know we're we're jock bros together we're gonna be up in the shit together and if you go down i'm getting you back up bud this would have been great for the swole coast oh my god yes (laughs) i don't know how i would have flavored that i feel like it needs like a different like, it can't just be like, oh, yeah, this is my Healy hand. This is my hurdy. You're hand. spotting like, him, dude. You're <laughs> spotting him. <laughs> just just get down on the ground as, like, one of your flurry of blows. You just go, keep going. Come on. Go. Play go. 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 Like that. Come on. <laughs> uh, all right. Last ability, 17th level. Hand of ultimate mercy. Your mastery of life energy opens the door to the ultimate mercy. As an action, you can touch the corpse of a creature that died within the past 24 hours and expend five key points. The creature then returns to life, regaining a number of HP equal to 40-10 plus your wisdom modifier. If the creature died while subject to any of the following conditions, they're removed. Blinded, deafened, paralyzed, poisoned, and stunned. Once you use the feature, can't use it again until a long rest. That's... (laughs) It, it seems a little... Like, it's good, obviously. It's a resurrect, and it, it, there's no gold cost attached to it. Right. It's a good in-combat res. Yes. But it's 17th level, and I have, like, six other party members who can do this. Sort of. I mean, it's Revivify is the only really in-combat res, which is a third-level spell, and that's what costs the 300 gold. Right. I think. That's and right. that just still brings up... It's an action to cast, and it brings them up at one hit point. Anything else that's either longer action or they come back with um, penalties and stuff like that. Res sickness of some variety. Yeah. That's a good point. So this is a, yes, a really, really great in combat res. 
Yeah, the- I think probably the best one. Um, I might be forgetting some other sort of class feature or anything, but off the top of my head, probably the best. Yeah, and the fact that, for that you regain, again, 40, 10 plus your wisdom modifier, that's 22 plus probably five at that point. So 27 HP, just back up. You're not going to, you're probably not going to go back down immediately after that, like you will with, with most low level heals and such. Right. Yeah, say so like Raise Dead takes an hour to cast. That's the next one up from Revivify. Okay. Um, and then you have what True Resurrect, which is a ninth level ability, and I don't know how to spell Resurrect. Apparently, yeah, I couldn't vote it either. But also Resurrection. Remember, can, the search is so bad. That's yeah, also, also an hour just, and a ninth level spell. And <laughs> right, you can just pop the dude afterwards. I mean, it's not your full action. It is. It's oh oh. Well, it's your action, and then as your yeah, you spend key, and so you can. You can, yeah, um, you get the bonus action attack and you spend key. <laughs> right, that's true. You probably don't want to punch the person that you just got up off the ground, though. You could if you want to. You Four to ten plus your wisdom modifier, you probably can go yeah, through that a little bit. Yeah. Not when I use my hand of harm. You're going down, bud. You owe me. Bam. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's you bring us some good points. And it also just means less reliance on a cleric. So that's obviously a positive too you don't need one it's just it's very high level at 17th level Mm -hmm. it just i feel like you've probably found a way around death but this definitely is still good flavorful not in combat though yeah not really everything up to that point and you're either being revivified and coming back with one health right and spending 300 gold every time you do it or you're being resurrected outside of combat sure yeah yeah I guess maybe we can reincarnate them and confuse the hell out of them. <laughs> Which I'm sure also takes an hour, and I think that has I think a bunch so. of negatives. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, also also an hour. Well. Oh, hey, no, there's no no negatives with that one. I assume that one would, as you get used to your new body, or have a disadvantage on everything, but I don't see anything like that. But either way, it's an hour, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, not not in combat by any means. Well then, I guess overall, what are what are some thoughts on this class now that we've we've really broken it down? It's definitely a really interesting take and direction on the monk. And I like that where it's not just like it's a monk who has even more ways to do martial arts. Yeah, we don't need some healing and Yeah, I think my only issue with it that I found is I feel like it's a little monotone. Uh or I guess two-tone because it's just the the heal and hurt i f- i feel like i'd get a little Bio-tone. bit sure yeah i feel like i'd get a <laughs> bit bored of the play style after a while because it's like what are your what am i gonna do this turn what can i do i look at my character sheet i can punch okay just like monks can and i can either heal a little bit or i can hurt them a little harder and that's all there is to it which isn't like a total negative it's a strong class it's I even like the flavor of the class. I just think the mm-hmm. mechanics leaned a little too much into the healing hand and harm hand aspect. And I would have been fine if maybe the sixth level ability was a little less great and there was like a out of combat thing or like a, I don't know, just something else that was not just there better. Uh, but that's just nitpicking, to be honest. Yeah. No, yeah, they bring up a good point. I think it would be every turn would be very, very similar because like then the core monk stuff... It's not so much impacting, other than what you get in like the first three levels, not really impacting your 
turn by turn choices positioning you know, that's it yeah yeah you get like flurry of blows patient defense step of the wind but that's all early on and then after that yeah faster movement slow fall then yeah stunning strike at fifth i mean that's always an option and then yeah it's a lot more passive stuff right so i think you're As gonna you keep going, feel yeah. a little bit like, i don't know that's that's the one thing i'd worry about in a long-term campaign i'd probably get bored of it yeah. That's that, just a monk problem, though. Anytime say, the monk tries to escape its core nature, it backfires horribly, like the way of the four elements. This is a really good way <laughs> to turn the monk the direction it needs to go, if you know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. How do you turn your flurry of blows into something that isn't just punches? Yeah. And open hand has this, and this has this. It's right. You do stuff with it. Yeah. And yeah. You do it every round until you die. Yeah, because yeah, I was going to ask what other subclasses add more interesting choices. Shadow, but that's just positioning, I think, where you can like you know bounce around you through shadows between like darkness. Yeah, yeah. Um, Way of the four elements, rest in peace. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess the four elements it does have a lot of options. Just none of them are good. None of them are good. <laughs> uh, Way of the open hand, I think, is still kind of like the, in my opinion, is the most interesting monk class and like does the most stuff as you said you can do these pushes and make them trip and can't take reaction those types of things right uh, so you know I'm, I'm not saying that a ton uh rework the monk in a way that makes them fantastic or super interesting or doing other things but just because this one doesn't escape that doesn't mean it's not a bad thing Weird, right. weird line of logic to follow so i apologize there uh and again nitpicking i think if i was playing this for six months in a weekly campaign i wouldn't get bored of it it's when i'm looking at like a two-year campaign and it's like oh god all i do is punch uh <laughs> <laughs> maybe you get some magic items too i mean that's just like the yeah, nature of the crisis game. of the monk <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's the same reason i don't like rogues is where I feel like all they do every single turn, exact same thing. I run up, I get my positioning, I attack, I do a bunch of damage, and hopefully I can get away. And it's just like rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. Right. Uh, or you do a range and it's I bonus action to hide. Exactly. And it's it's not that it's bad. It's not that it's not enough power or the flavor is bad. It's just I would get pretty bored of that. I think this yeah. is actually a pretty brutal subclass, uh, like anti-DM. It just... There's just a lot to keep your party going in here that is kind of unique. Like we said with the Hand of Ultimate Mercy, like that's super high level. But right. even still, that's just, oh, I finally got one of the players. It's like, no, you didn't. Preaching to the choir, man. We've had a life cleric now for, for over a year. So, yeah. <laughs> but even she, when someone dies, all she could do is re- revivify to one health. True. She so probably raised dead now, but yeah, it's an hour, so yeah. Isn't that where you bring him back as a zombie? That's animated. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. I've done the same mistake, yeah. <laughs> so that is everything on the Way of Mercy Monk. Before we move on to the Way of the Astral Self, I just want to take a minute and probably a half for our promotional minutes. Uh, if you are not yet, make and sure to... What? And a half. 
Gotcha. You, you For a promotional a minute, and a half minute. Yeah. <laughs> now it's two. <laughs> <laughs> if you are not yet, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. Leave some reviews. We love the reviews. Get them in a little email. We share them in our chat. Makes us all excited. Uh, and <laughs> follow us on Twitter. That is at monsters underscore multi. Uh, go to our subreddit, our monsters and multiclass. And go to monstersmulticlass.com forward slash support. And today's episode is going to be brought to you by Metallic Dice Games. They have awesome dice. You can get 10% off your order using the code MM10. Without further adieu, without further sandwich dip. <laughs> way of the astral self. <laughs> so the way of the astral self doesn't actually have a lot of flavor like written and baked in. Basically, they think their body is the illusion and their true form is an astral self. Uh, I guess that's supposed to kind of be implying a version of themselves from the astral plane. And they're able to harness their key and pull in this astral self to help them in the form of arms and that punch things with force damage. It's kind of neat and a little weird. And armor. Arms and armor. Yes. Well, yeah, we'll get to it. But yeah, arms, armor. There's a face. It's it's a whole thing. (laughs) Really, not much more to the flavor. Dude. I feel like that's, I'm like not doing it justice, but it's really all that's written. No, one of the things that I I do like about it though is that it specifies that these are monks who are obsessed with the self, and I think that's something that I try to to bring home with with monks from their flavor is they're not always just wandering from town to town healing the sick. Uh, sometimes they're just really self-obsessed and I, and with that idea of self-perfection and i think that this way of the astral self is is one that you could play that up and you could be a more right. i won't say evil but selfish uh monk and that that much i like i think it goes outside of the or it allows you to go outside of the standard conventions right in terms of flavor the form of the astral self there's a lot of room and cool stuff you could do there um, so if, like, for instance, it's, it's saying the astral self is the true self or the body is just kind of is what it is. And so you might have like an orc monk who's, you know, big, big, strong brute. And the astral self is a delicate visage re- representing the gentle beauty of the orc soul, things like that. So you could kind of just a lot of, a lot of options to sort of play around with there. Or if you wanted to, to tie it back to a uh, swole coast, they're a big beefy monk. And then their astral projection is even bigger. <laughs> yes <laughs> like the issue with the human world is that i've got limitations on how big my biceps can get luckily on the astral plane just jacked <laughs> all right so their main feature that comes in line at third level is arms of the astral self it's uh, mastery of your key allows you to summon a portion of your astral self so as a bonus action spend a key point and summon the arms of your astral self they could either like jut out from your shoulders or kind of sleeve over your arms to change their appearance when you summon these each creature of your choice that you could see within 10 feet must succeed on a deck saving throw or take force damage equal to two rolls of your martial arts die and then for 10 minutes the spectral arms are on you and appear how you want them to appear um when they're present you get the following benefits you can use your wisdom modifier in place of strength when making strength checks or strength saving throws, you could use the spectral arms to make unarmed strikes. When you make an unarmed strike with the arms on your turn, you reach five feet greater. And the unarmed strikes you make with your arms could use the wisdom modifier and place of strength or dex. 
for the attack and damage rolls, and their damage type is force. So kind of a lot there. Yeah, let's let's start with that first paragraph of yeah. when you bring these things out as a bonus action, spend a key, you make all creatures around you make a deck saving throw, or they take two martial arts die worth of damage. Um, it's kind of neat, but also really sucks. You want to know why? Because <laughs> you're going to do this first turn. You're not near right. your enemies, or you have to wait and, and hold your bonus action until you're in the perfect spot to like set yourself up for the combat. Uh, and if you're near your friends, it just hurts them. No, you could choose. When no, you, you cannot. Each creature of your choice that you oh, can see within 10 feet. Oh, shoot. I read that three times and I still messed it up. <laughs> Dang it. Okay, so... And of all the classes to need that kind of positioning, monks are the best equipped for it. Uh, yeah. True. I I mean, you you are correct. Since the last 10 minutes, and it's not a concentration or anything, and this will most likely happen once per encounter, but they could dash in... Uh, run in dashes a poor choice because that's quite literally uh, <laughs> this is why like Jeremy Crawford yeah. spends hours Lower on case Twitter dash yeah <laughs> right <laughs> run in up in the enemy's face as a bonus action activate this and then still be able to attack and all that um, yeah I mean okay. it is somewhat situational but it's not the main thing of it it's just kind of a nice little bonus sure and I, I think it's got a cool flavor I could see sort of this like flurry this sort of like flourish you activate it and these astral arms just kind of fling out all around and hit everything around it before they like settle on you. Just kind of this cool flourish, sort yeah. of a very video game style of activating an ability. Yeah, or just like a concussive blast of just yeah. energy, like summing them in, yeah. summoning them in. Yeah, yeah, uh, a, lot, a lot of ways to do that. I feel like it could have gotten better as it levels up. Because it doesn't get touched from there beyond the the martial arts die increasing. Mm -hmm. But now that we're like talking about it like that, I can just imagine you know it it starting to push things or you know, like knock them prone, things like that that right. could make it even cooler. Um, and I, I guess I also wish this was just a thing you could do and spend a key point and like do this AOE attack. It sounds like once they're out, that's it. You don't get to do this again. And there's no way rules is written to make them go away they vanish early if you are incapacitated or die you can't choose again rules is written you, you can simply choose to be not alive you could choose to not be alive <laughs> um but you, you can't choose to drop the arms as it's written again no but it doesn't explicitly say that you can't even when the arms are out you can't re-summon them spend the key point and be able to do this again and reset the 10 minute timer Right? I think it doesn't explicitly say that anywhere. I could yeah. see just this it being doesn't. a permanent thing. You could spend a key point, get your little AoE. Yeah. I don't know if that's worth the... It depends. I guess if you're truly, truly surrounded, it's worth it because, you know, you got to compare it to, like, doing, like, a flurry of blows. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and if, yeah. You know, if you're surrounded by six things, that's, like, that's actually really, really solid. Right. Very much so. Yeah. It, that starts to rival Way of the Drunken Master in terms of just attacks you can get out and we're talking right. about third level not 17 or a first level cantrip but yeah or first level cantrip it doesn't <laughs> like do as much clap yeah sure i don't think those do as much damage i think there's like a well, d6 and then a fifth it goes up to like 2d6 and sure <laughs> this Once... starts as a d2d4 yeah and then 2d6 yeah yeah it doesn't I don't, I don't scale know that well it's quite literally d6 but yeah it's just kind of on par to a cantrip 
but you're not a caster. Like, you know, for like a caster to use Thunderclap, your your squishy D6 caster, probably in no armor or light armor up in the middle of things. This is, you're a monk. And it's a bonus action. <laughs> and then you can still attack things. So Right. With the D8 and no armor. <laughs> <laughs> well, your AC is probably higher. Yeah. yeah. No. Uh, well, I mean, this... Especially because the monk's unarmored is, was a 10 plus dex plus wisdom. Correct. And this gives you a really good reason to just focus on wisdom. Always had a good reason for it. This doesn't change But that. even more so. Like, wisdom could be your main stat now. I, I have thoughts around that, and we will get to them in a second. <laughs> all right. Um, I, I guess the, the next part is all of the, the benefits you gain. So, yeah, this is the perfect time to talk about it. Uh, right. So you can use your wisdom modifier in place of your strength modifier when making strength checks and saving throws. That's great. That's really good. Uh, makes you more single attribute dependent. So right. no complaints and it's there. Good for like yeah, grappling and stuff that would come in. Sure, yeah. Uh, Will you made a face? Was there? Was there- I, I just like I knew Kevin was going to say grappling because that's when it comes up, and that's it's true. <laughs> yeah, the strength monk was always a big stretch and didn't work that well, and now you just don't have to do it. Right. Right. Uh, so then you can use the spectral arms to make unarmed strikes. That by itself doesn't really mean anything because it never really mattered. I guess you can hold stuff now and make the attacks with your spectral arms, but that doesn't what really would come you hold, up. Jared? I don't. Yeah. I, a, a weapon that does more damage. Beers? Just two beers? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, that I mean, it- you can already do a two-handed weapon in unarmed strikes because right. it's saying you could you could punch and kick and or just and- let go of the weapon while you punch. Right, it's not a big deal. Uh, Chest slam. Sure. Yeah <laughs> it it doesn't do that much, but yes, now you can hold some beers, which I think is is pretty flavorful. <laughs> Because now imagine a fight in a tavern and you're just like casually going as your unarmed spectral arms are just like whipping around, punching everybody. And you're just like whistling along, taking sips of beers. Or you could just do the cool arm cross thing. Oh, that's good too. And beat people's asses while you look cool. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Your unarmed strikes have a reach of five greater than normal. Nice little That's benefit. Awesome. I think yeah, any sort of increased reach is always good. That comes up. Um, and then that opens up a lot of game play styles for this monk where they could be 10 feet out, punch them, and then move away without getting an opportunity to attack. Right. So that that's great. No issues there. Uh, then we get to the last thing of your unarmed strikes you make with your arms. So I'm assuming that means the spectral arms. Yeah. not your normal arms uh, right. can use your wisdom modifier in place of your strength or dexterity modifier for the attack and damage rolls and their damage type is force so I feel like this is a little bit awkward because realistically speaking you need dex still and if you are using weapons which until as we just discussed a little bit ago until level 11 weapons generally outpace your martial die you still need dex to be better than wisdom. And you can use all of these things with dexterity. So there's really no benefit to going into wisdom over dexterity at all, to be completely honest. Because again, until level 11, you're going to slack if you're relying on your martial arts die. 
So this allows you to only focus on wisdom and you know, kind of swap the skills because usually it's up decks, up decks, up decks, and then wisdom once you've hit 20 in dexterity. I just don't really see that flipping as well when your weapons can't also use wisdom. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because um, I mean, then if you focus on wisdom, like your DC for any key saves goes up. Sure. Which that's good. is nice. Yeah. But it's... It's it's actually has no impact on your AC. I was wrong. I wasn't thinking about that right because it's it's Dex plus Wisdom. Yes. So you either your Dex goes up or your Wisdom goes up. It, it's still the same impact on your AC. So it's not like that's going to be better. Right. So and then getting Dex up increases. But the Wisdom saves are also really common. It's just sure. I don't know. They're kind of just trade offs. Yeah. And yeah. I, I if if I were to play this, I would probably even just for the sake of flavor, go all in on the arms. And it's like, that that's all I attack with. I do not carry weapons. I just attack with my astral arms, and it's just focus on wisdom. Yep. But it was still, like, good. You still have, like, 16 decks. I mean, it's not like... Yeah, it's not And then start horrible. getting that up once wisdom gets to 20, but yeah. Sure. Yeah, and it's not that it's atrocious just to focus on dexterity, but you basically have to go against the flavor of the class in order to optimize the class, and that feels a little bit weird. Yeah. Because from a purely mechanic standpoint, it's still better to focus on decks than than to focus on wisdom for this class. Uh, and that's, it, it just feels wrong. I don't like it. Right. And it could be right. fixed. It does kind of self-balance, though. How because so? This is, I mean, the reach is kind of, the reach is a non-trivial but, thing. But you could still use decks with that. It's, yes, that's what I'm saying. You can use your wisdom, not you must use your wisdom. So you could still use decks for that 10-foot arm okay. attack. All right. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Yeah, so it's like there's you're not actually getting a benefit out of it. It's more of like, hey, this playstyle is an option, and it's not as bad as it normally would be. Because if you were just a monk and you focused wisdom first, you're going to really, really fall behind. For this, it's just like it falls behind less, and that's it. Right, because, yeah, since you do all, like your main attack with the arms being a d4 instead of like a d6 or d8 of a monk weapon right exactly right so one way that this could be better you know homebrew fix at your table is just allow (laughs) the weapons to also use wisdom instead of dexterity it's definitely better because of what you just said kevin of your uh wisdom saves are important but so are dexterity saves um right your save dc on stunning strike and maybe some of the i think that's it actually just stunning strike I think, yeah, Every, I know, like, when it goes into key, any any saving throw that's involving key is your 8 plus your proficiency plus wisdom. Sure. And so, like, sunning strike. And that's all you get from the might, main monk class. Everything else is subclass specific and doesn't come into this conversation. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think you could probably hand wave that and not really see it as the end of the world. <laughs> if you want to... Here it is. Here's the the perfect way to balance this and lose absolutely nothing. You then just have your stunning strike DC come off of dexterity instead of wisdom. Boom. Just blew this whole thing wide open. Which <laughs> is right. just dumb rambling at this point. Sorry, Will. I feel like I, I just, you're just ruining this place. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just not do any of these things. Mm, yeah. Yes. Stand by my point. It's a little convoluted. I it just I get what they're going for there. I don't think it hits the mark. Yeah. Uh, with the five feet, five foot increased reach. Move the cat. Um, 
definitely a really cool ability. Flavor-wise, I'm pretty sure the intent is sort of like these like launch off of you and so they can interact further. I like to picture more as like, no, they are truly anchored here and they're just really long-ass arms. <laughs> just like awkwardly long arms. I mean, yeah, it is, I guess, kind of supposed to be bigger. That's how I anticipated it. Or I guess I've, I've been thinking about it where it's just like, just really long, big arms because it's like a, a bigger version of yourself. I guess that that's not really what described. What does it have though. to be? Yeah, it no. doesn't. Yeah. Like the pictures, they're identical. Yeah. Um, and obviously that's just one take on it. And But I so I, I think the intent is, is that the, they can leave your body. They're not truly confined to the space your body occupies. And so they could sort of float out, teleport out, that sort of thing. Sure. But not just long, gangly arms. <laughs> like not, not thicker or anything either. No. It's like proportionally your arms, just five feet longer. <laughs> yeah and they like yeah are like up here when you're not using them just kind of like bounce as you walk i'm getting real bone claw vibes <laughs> exactly yes <Yeah. laughs> all right um that's the only third level ability so it is just the only thing you get but it's pretty good for a third level ability yeah pretty pretty impactful how you play give it right up front it is that's a good way of putting it it is play style defining yes which is nice when you get that right away. I know we've talked about some some classes where it feels like, yeah, playstyle defining stuff comes online in like sixth or ninth, and it just feels really late. Right. All right. So then at six, you get the vis. Is it visage or visage? I think in this visage. Yeah, it's visage. Visage. All right. At six, you get the visage. It doesn't sound right. Uh, whatever of the astral self. I guess we could have looked this up before. I don't think so anyone you, cares. Yeah, I care. <laughs> it's been can, it's been a year since somebody corrected our pronunciation, and Kevin still gets night terrors. <laughs> so you can summon the visage of your astral self as a bonus action, or if it's part of the bonus action you take to activate your arms of the astral self, you could spend one key point to summon the visage for ten minutes. Um, it vanishes early, incapacitated, or die. It covers your face like a mask or helmet you define its appearance butterfly and while it's present yep <laughs> well it's present you gain the following benefits astral sight you can see normally in darkness both magical and non-magical through distance of 120 feet uh let's talk about these one at a time sure there's a lot just yeah. kind of standalone yeah was well, three but so i'd be able to see through magical darkness is great but to me, it's specifically when you could also create the magical darkness. Yeah. Like if you don't have anyone in your party that you're like lining the this up with, it's not that it's great. Like it's not. Yeah, it's not going to come up that much. I mean, a hundred to twenty foot dark vision is nice, I guess. Oh, it's normally actually. You can see. Okay, so it's better than dark vision because yes. dark vision it's still considered like dim light, light. or whatever dim light. Yeah. And yeah. no color. So okay, that's that's actually pretty pretty solid because that gives you like disadvantage on perception checks and stuff and this negates it right yeah and then yeah if you synergize up and get like a warlock who has devil sight or something like hexblade warlock with the devil sight invocation or there's this shadow sorcerer or i think another monk class could do this too the shadow monk yeah. shadow monk yeah yeah i i definitely that could be cool with you though just i take issue with a class that benefits from needing another player character to to like fully realize its true potential right otherwise you're you're waiting for the dm to cast darkness and do your like ha 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 i was expecting this moment right uh, 
<laughs> but eh, it's okay. Yeah. But and since it's only one of three things you get and the 120 fee super dark vision is still good. Yeah, but it costs a key point to do it and another bonus action. Well, you can you can tie uh, the bonus actions together. Right. Um, but that is fair, yeah. Yeah, this maybe. this isn't it's not that it can never be used out of combat, but it's not that great out of combat. It's not like the entire dungeon you can see through dim light. It's like, ooh, right now we need to ten, see through darkness. Yeah, ten minutes. And then yeah. you can use it. Yeah. I, I was kinda talking about that thing and like it's a permanent feature, but it's not. It's a ten minute thing, cost a key point. All right, well, let's keep going. Then you also get Wisdom of Spirit. You have advantage on insight and intimidation checks. I like that it's, there's out-of-combat abilities and that sure. I could see using a bonus action when you're about to go... I mean, insight and intimidation, those are two social skills that are going to come up if you know you have advantage on them. And I like the fact mm-hmm. that you're going to be the person in the corner. You're the muscle. But it's not just you are the muscle. It's that your spectral astral self is the muscle. So while you're standing there right. with your arms crossed, it also has its arm crossed right above you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> making you look... Directly over your face. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yes. And then a butterfly mask. And a butterfly mask, of course. Um, <laughs> so it, it definitely gives off that air of intimidation. And I, I like that. Um I, I could see this being used. I'd get a lot right. of use out of it. Yeah. But again, it suffers the same thing. It costs a key point to bring it up. And like you can do that in the middle of a conversation when you like understand things are going a little. I would For intimidation, it's great. Because it's like, all right, you this isn't going the way you want, and you're about to try and scare the shit out of this person, and you pull out that the visage of the astral self self over your face and it's creepy as shit. Exactly. You but like if you're doing it for insight <laughs> It's, it's a, like it's a polite conversation. You're like, huh, I'm not quite sure if to be honest with me. I wonder what I think about that terrible demon face <laughs> just out of nowhere. Yeah, it's, I think, very, very fitting for intimidation. And I love the idea of it. And if I was a DM or if I was DMing for one of these subclasses, I would allow them to activate this as part of their attempt at intimidation. Like put it as, you know, together where they... Right. You know, they step forward and they say whatever intimidating thing. And then the, the butterfly masks appear and like they get their little <laughs> butterfly arms. And they're just like, do you want to say that again, punk? Um, or demon face or whatever. But, right. you know, just like forming that around you as part of your intimidation as the intimidation itself. That's an intimidating thing. If you're right. just talking with somebody and they say something and it's like, I respond by uh, summoning my astral self. It's like, oh, they're ready for a fight. (laughs) (laughs) Right. He brought out old butterfly arms. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And then the final feature you get of this is word of the spirit. When you speak, you can direct your words to a creature of your choice within 60 feet, making it so only that creature can hear you. Alternatively, you can amplify your voice so all creatures within 600 feet can hear you. Really, really situational. What It's basically one-way telepathy, and there's like a million one-ways now to get that in better versions, so it's... Every class gets walkie-talkies. <laughs> yeah. And this, But it's just a one-way walkie-talkie. Busted walkie-talkies. <laughs> the one time that this becomes useful, you need to like talk to a crowd. It's kind of cool. But then yeah. you just spent a key point on it. <laughs> like, right. 
It, Why? It'll come up. You'll find uses for it. You know, you have those like town days where you know you're not getting into the shit and you can spend the key point. You know, because like as a spell, like spellcasters do it all the time. They'll kind of blow. I know like at our table, our spellcasters, including myself, will blow spells when we're in a city and not expecting anything to go down. Right. Yeah. It's okay. Uh, one thing yeah. that I, I do want to comment on this this class feature as a whole is that the phrasing is really awkward for the the summoning where it's as a bonus action or as part of the bonus action you take to activate the arms of astral self you can spend one key point to summon this visage for 10 minutes um so is that specifically saying that it takes two key points or that you can spend one key points to have both like what's going on i think it's one key point each you could summon just the visage or you could summon just the arms and each one is one key point or you summon both and that's two Man, this isn't worth a key point. Well, but that's that's what what Kevin was saying is spot on. It's when you're burning resources outside of combat scenarios. This is actually kind of great. Uh, the monk didn't have a lot of ways to do that. Sure, they have right. a lot of ways to burn it when they're beating the tar out of someone. Right, but when they're <laughs> yelling the tar out of someone at a bar, <laughs> they don't have any. Now they do. Right. I really like class features or like at at specific levels when they. When they will specifically give you out of combat and in combat abilities because they're not hurting each other. You know, if mm-hmm. Way of Mercy, as an example, where you get proficiency in, I don't even remember, it's, it's been 20 minutes since we talked about it. Um, you get proficiency in insight and medicine and herbalism kits. That's your third level thing. Plus, you get a bunch of other stuff at third level that's in combat. They don't affect each other. They're totally separate from each other. So why wouldn't they give a six level ability that can really be used in combat just like every other monk that's already been established? It just seems like weird class design to be like, oh, well, monks don't have enough out of combat stuff. So let's dedicate an entire six level feature to stuff that's really situational and out of combat. Yeah, that is a good point. It doesn't quite line up with other six level. Yeah, like Kenzai gets the one with the blade where they like death strikes and things like that and magic Kenzai weapons. Drunken Master gets the, like, when you're prone, Tipsy you can just, sway. Yeah, you yeah. Can just pop and up. And redirect attack, key point to yeah, right. redirect an attack. Yeah, that's... All, all this stuff that it's like, every combat, I can probably use this. And then we get this, where it's right. like, you don't get anything for combats, besides potentially Astral Sight, if the situation allows it. Mm-hmm. It, it rarely would justify its key cost. Exactly. In combat, right? Yeah. So and I and I can't sit here and say that the third level ability is like so good that it doesn't need extra power at six level too. Right. So yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Like, I mean, the third level ability is good. Yeah. Like I'm not saying like the class sucks because of that or right. anything. Right. You're right. It's not so good where it could just basically forfeit the six level ability as a combat ability. All right. Well, let's see how the blah. Let's see how the rest of it shakes out. Sure. At 11th, you get a body of the astral self. So when you have both your arms and visage summoned, you could cause the body of your astral self to appear. No action required, which is nice. So you just two key points, basically. And then you could also add that once you get to 11th, add this body stuff onto it. Uh, this body covers your physical form like a suit of armor connecting with the arms and the visage. You determine its appearance. I assume more just butterflies. Um, while it's present, you gain... These two benefits deflect energy when you take 
acid, cold, fire, force, lightning, or thunder damage. Use your reaction to deflect it. When deflecting it, the damage is reduced by 1d10 plus your wisdom modifier. I feel like deflect is a poor choice of words, um, but other than that. <laughs> That's what I was thinking too. It's like, are you really deflecting it if it's, I guess, reflect would allow you to hit it back to somebody. Deflect, uh, true. it's just not going anywhere. Okay. It's more like yeah. disperse energy. Right. But it is going somewhere, and predominantly it's going directly into your body. Yeah, <laughs> I say 1d10. It's only reducing Yeah, reduction it. of 1d10 plus your wisdom is not a whole lot. Luckily, there's no resources tied to it. Yeah. It's just your reaction. Which I won't um, say monks are crazy reaction heavy. They get their missile deflect, and that's about it. Right. God damn it. <laughs> But yeah, usually these sources of damage are a lot of damage. Right. A dragon's breath. Like, a yeah, spell. Yeah, yeah, fireball, lightning strike, things like that. Yeah. Lightning bolt, yeah. I knew what you meant. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, but that said, one thing that I do like is one of those is force. You get a way to reduce force damage. That's not common. Oh, yeah. That's neat. Sure. <laughs> and then you also get empowered arms once on each of your turns when you hit a target with the arms of the extra self you can deal an extra damage to the target equal to your martial arts die which at this level would be a d8 so an extra 1d8 once per turn okay when this is up and what is the uh way of mercy getting at 11th level it was getting the extra uh the what flurry the, of healing and harm. Yeah, where basically they can, if they do flurry of blows, they can do that hand of harm without spending a key point. So this one takes once no additional. Turn. Yes, yeah. once per turn. Right. Um, and this is only once per turn, right? Yeah. So it's like kind of comparable damage, but I'm not also adding the poisoned condition. Doesn't take a resource. It's a little weaker. It's just, I'm just not impressed. The interesting thing is like we, what I said, like, three minutes ago that I don't see the visage of astral self coming back in combat totally negated because now it's you have to. Yeah. 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 This is good enough where I can see at the start of every combat popping two key points and activating the body of the astral self. Sure. And it's, it is good enough to have that up, you know, extra one D eight per hit without any resources tied to it. Is nice. Um, I, I the only thing I would like to see maybe like an AC boost. Not oh, until seventeenth level. Yeah, I say and for an extra like three key that. points, <laughs> right? <sighs> yes, I agree. I think that there there should have been a little bit more, or maybe that seventeenth level armor of spirit, where it gives you that plus two bonus to armor class, should be yeah, pleasantly placed in the sixth level ability. I don't know. I don't have anything else to add for the body of astral self. This this ability at eleventh level, it's it's okay. It's not the worst one. Yeah, I'm just trying to think how one at eleventh level an extra one d eight per turn. It keeps you on par. If, I, if I'm in love with that, with, with like yeah, a fighter, okay. yeah. But you don't get to add your wisdom modifier, right? Like you do with the hand of harm, right? And I know that costs a key point, but like man. I'm already spending the key point. I'm at 11th level now as a monk. I have the key points. Give me a reason to spend them. <laughs> you, you can be 10 feet away. You can be 10 feet away. That's 
I feel like that's what the entire class is holding on to, though. <laughs> the way of being 10 feet away. <laughs> <laughs> it, I don't know. You, you'll be maxed up pretty... It, this is the point where you like you throw your quarterstaff in the garbage. So sure. I mean, this is where the class becomes what it is intended to be. It's just not very good. I don't know. It, it's I not think it's terrible. Like, it's just it's not combat starts bonus action, two key points, and then you have all of this. You have your arms, you have the visage, you have the body stuff, and then you know your eleventh, and so that's still nine key points to play around with to do flurry of blows and step the wind and sure stunning strikes stuff like that. Um, you get your deflect energy, which again might come up especially at higher levels you just you're dealing with different damage types more than slashing bludgeoning piercing right sorry bludgeoning slashing piercing i wouldn't want to upset you (laughs) i don't remember which order it is you did it wrong wrong still alphabetical bludgeoning piercing slash i don't want to upset you upsets (laughs) kevin You know, I, I think I think it would feel good to play this, just being able to reliably do that every turn. And here's all these cool stuff you get. Some of it's situational, but it could still come up. I think I would like this more in a multi-class. I think that if, if we were at like 11th level in that, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not going for anything higher. We're going to cap the monk at 11 here and just try and get some interesting stuff from, from other abilities. Hmm. Like what? I don't know, man. I'd have to run a show about multiclassing to talk about multiclassing on the fly like that. Uh, I can comfortably say that a warlock would make anything better. So Sure. A uh, barbarian could be kind of neat, uh, but the weapon attacks would need strength. Oh, that's right. Everything yeah. has to be... If that wisdom right. ability was, again, extended past the unarmed strikes and allowed to be for weapons, this would be like... A sky blue S tier class for multi-classing. <laughs> sort. I mean, it still needs to be monk weapons, though. I know, which I is know. Lame, so it can't be heavy. Right. Uh, can't be special. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Rogue. I mean, wisdom casters. I mean, cleric. Just get some casting. Sure. Druid. I don't have a reason why. Just like druids. Right. <laughs> don't multi-class well, but druids. Uh, druid yeah, monk's actually not yeah. bad. Druid monk's not bad. I'm going to say, yeah, you could wild shape and still have the all the astral cell stuff. That'd be kind of neat. That would be kind of neat. <laughs> but your wild shape is class dependent or uh, level dependent, so. Yeah. Right. But, but still. I don't know. I mean, it doesn't even have to. I mean, I'm always going to jump to Spore Druid when it comes to a martial character. And right. that is just like the range king. If you are going into Spore Druid plus astral self. You get a lot from that. You'd be like a, a weirdly right. martial-based druid. Yeah. Um, it would take two turns, though, to get everything up and running. One to get the astral self and one to spore up, as we put it. Which I think is... Or okay. just oddly good shape. timing with your 10 minutes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like because when you do your arms of the astral self, you're doing that AoE... I feel like you've got a lot of situations where first turn, you're not in the right position. And so you hold off anyways. So first turn, you spore up, you get that temp HP plus whatever other spore benefits. I think it's the, when your spores are up, you get like an extra D6 to your martial attacks. 
Right. Uh, which these would count under as well. So you're getting your flurry of blows in there. It's, I think, going to take a little bit to get a class to that level that you're like, yes, this finally fits my image. Uh, but you might be able to get there with like three into... Uh, no, because then your your unarmed strikes would suck. So oh. the 1d6 necrotic damage is when you melee weapon attack, deal an extra 1d6. I always get so mixed up on this. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> Are your fists melee weapons? Are your astral fists melee weapons? Yes. All right. I don't care. I don't care what the rules actually are. Yes, it's fine. You wanted to play a spore druid astral monk? Great. Yes. Take the freaking damage. Right. Um, that is not rules as written. You can't smite with your fists. Whatever. Let's talk about the 17th level it's, ability. I feel like every time it comes up, we have to like re-remember all the rules. You can't smite with fists, but they are melee weapons, but it's like a melee weapon attack is smites. It, it's a mess. All right. 17th level. Awaken Astral Self. Your connection to your Astral Self is complete, allowing you to unleash its full potential. As a bonus action, you can spend five whole key points to summon the arms, visage, and body of your Astral Self and awaken it for 10 minutes. This awakening ends early if you're incapacitated or die. You gain these benefits plus two, bonus to your AC, and then Astral Barrage. Whenever you use the extra attack feature to attack twice, you could extend attack three times if all attacks are made with your arms, Astral Arms. Which at that point, they would be. They'd do that anyway. Yeah. Like a D12, I think, that goes up. So. Right. I mean, so, yeah, you, you'd be getting pretty reliably oh. five attacks. Apologies. It, it caps at D10 at 17th level. Okay. Oh, I know. I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're getting five attacks, you're saying? Yeah, so five key points to actual self up at the beginning, which is kind of a lot, but oh, you also have 17 for short rest, so. Sure. Bring it down to 12 to play with. To get plus two to AC, three attacks instead of two, and then you can still flurry of blows to get five, basically. Um, so that's more attacks than a fighter. And that's like the fighter's whole thing. That's the 20th level capstone. Right. Is a fourth attack. Though the fighters can do like two-handed great weapons and stuff. So a little different. Um, <laughs> what else? Yeah, you get the flecked energy. You get the empowered arms. You can do an extra martial die to it. You get the super dark vision and you can see in magical darkness. You get the 10-foot reach. The arms do force damage and you can use wisdom. I mean, that's that's quite a bit. <laughs> And it's all for a bonus action. Last 10 minutes. It's not like concentration or anything. And realistically, we're, we're talking about 22 AC. Right. At this yeah, point. Yeah, I say this point, is, yeah. That's, I mean, that's nothing to fuck with. But as I have learned when maxing AC, the DM always rolls just a little bit. <laughs> and you know what, Will? It's just against you. Because we're seeing in I this know. campaign right now, we've got three characters with 20 AC and if I have plus seven to hit on a monster, I might as well throw that encounter in the garbage. It took me throwing a plus 13 iron golem at you guys to reliably hit. So <laughs> it's you are cursed. No one else. <laughs> so don't. Yeah, and it, I'm the low AC guy now. And I'm, I'm just getting brutalized. <laughs> I think it it's just a matter, matter of, I think you just get beat up on. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't Remember matter, you crit seeing... on me four times in a row? I love rolling in the open. <laughs> Hiding your rolls is for cowards. 
Um, fucking yeah. hate this so, so 22 <laughs> AC. It's the highest AC as a monk without magic items. Uh, and you can still get magic items. I know there's like bracers of defense, which don't mess with monk Some, stuff. And that's plus two to AC. Something like that, yeah. And so you could, in theory, have 24 AC. Which is just absurd. I mean, that's that's a lot. <laughs> All right, and yeah, so Marshall is D10. So at this point, if you and then you, like your wisdom's twenty, so you're doing you're out, let's just say the perfect all attacks hit. You do three D10 plus fifteen, and then you flurry of blows, and both of those hit, and those are going to be unarmed as well. So an additional two D10 plus ten. So we're at five D10 plus twenty five, plus an extra D10 for your right. empowered arms. Right. So that's so 60, 10 60 10 plus 25. And you're 10 feet away. Yeah. And you're 10 feet <laughs> because away. Because fuck them. That's, yeah. <laughs> I, it gets kind of nuts. Any 20 level or 17th level character yeah. gets nuts. So, I mean, so a fighter's going to do three attacks. So let's say they got like a. Uh, 17th, yeah. Yeah, I mean, to, to, to get to 10 feet, they need a pole arm. So they would also be doing 3d10 plus you know, 15. They could take great weapon master, and then it'd be three d ten plus. But they don't hit as often, so what forty five? That, that does get up there, but yeah, yeah. then they're going to start missing more. And... Right, and that's the trade off. So it's a it's good, reliable damage. Yes, it is. Mechanics wise, the Miller Light of D and D classes, not flavor wise. I think flavor wise, there's some good stuff here, but it's just. I, I don't get anything out of this that's like, wow, and then I can do this cool thing. It's just like, ah, I can attack more and do pretty consistent damage. <laughs> I might say like the Miller Light of D&D mechanics. Like, <laughs> Sorry, unless you like Yingling Miller Light, Light, is that what you're saying? Yingling Light? Sure, okay. No, I don't like Miller Light. <laughs> I love it. I Sponsor us, I Miller. This, <laughs> I think this gets really good. Um, I It... Falls into the same issue that you brought up with the way of mercy, though, where I could see it getting a little boring because it's just you could just keep doing the same thing better. You don't have a bunch of versatility and options. It's like the decisions are kind of made for you at the start of every fight. You're going to take your bonus action, spend your key points, get whatever astral stuff you could get up. There's like a little bit of a period between six and 11th where you may choose to not get the visage. Right. But then 11th hits and you just get it anyways because you need the body. Right. And then you run in and you just punch things from 10 feet away and you feel good about it. And that's it. Like, <laughs> I think this is a class that really hoped it could do a lot, but then it just gets kind of shut down in my opinion from the, the, I guess, conventional class design that fifth edition goes for. If you were look, if you had this class and let's say Pathfinder, which I know this isn't a Pathfinder podcast. I don't even know the rules of Pathfinder, but I know that the design concept is they're going to give you 16 different pathways that this astral self can take. And I feel like that's where it would have benefited is if you had even just not 16, but like one or two choices. Let's go with the artificer armorer as an example, where if you go this branch, you can have your armor do this and it acts in this way. And if you go this way, it does this differently. Uh, the fact that it's so monotone, using that word again, uh, just kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't know what's happened. I've become yeah. such a stickler in like all these classes. <laughs> like, yeah, it's, it's probably fun. It'd be fun to play, but I don't know. Give me more. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good. It's just yeah, it is. Dull. And I think with flavor, it, it'd be super fun. 
it gets a lot of flavor points where they didn't just rely on it's an edgy version of yourself. (laughs) (laughs) They should have done that. (laughs) The way of the shadow realm. Are there any interesting feats that might kind of change this class up? Because again, that 10 foot reach, I feel like is really important. Um, Sentinels. Do your fist count as pole arms? (laughs) (laughs) Pole arm master with it. <laughs> um, no, that would not work, but that would be hilarious. Uh, but yeah, Sentinel, I mean, you're like locking down a huge area with 10 feet. That's the benefit of pole arms plus Sentinel is that you have this 10 foot range around you. Right. Yeah, it's. Yes, I know it's just when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack. It's not like melee attack or when you're within five feet and hit him with an opportunity attack. Nothing like that. Right. And don't they spring opportunity attacks if they like move within your range instead of when uh, they when leave a it? creature within f- no so Sorry, when I'm... a yeah when you hit a creature with an opportunity attack the creature speed becomes zero for the rest of the turn uh creatures provoke opportunity attacks from you even if they take the disengage action before leaving your reach and when a creature within five feet of you makes an attack against a target other than you you can use your reaction to make a melee attack against the attacking creature yeah that sounds like stuff that i really want with this class right i think i was mixing the last up one probably master. won't come up but Polar Master is you get an opportunity attack when it enters your reach. Yes. And that's where it gets really annoying where you then pair with Sentinel because then you just stop them from 10 feet away. Right. There you go. Uh, you're saying that last one would not come up much? Because you, you have to be within five feet. When a creature within five feet of you attacks another creature. I mean, nothing's stopping you from being within five feet. You just also can attack right. within five feet. Right. So I, I would actually say that that will come up probably. As long as you position yourself in that way. It yeah. doesn't it doesn't specifically synergize with the additional five foot reach though. Right. Yeah. I that's, yes, that's definitely one one feet I'd want out of here. Right. Do you need every single ability score increase? Just trying to look at like you know, if you're starting at sixteen and sixteen on Dex and Wisdom, you so get at fourth you get wisdom to eighteen, and then at eight you get it to twenty. Twelfth sure. you get dex to eighteen. Sixteen you get wisdom to twenty. Okay, so not quite. You get but one I mean, that really... you can play around with, right? Or you just go very human, or you go very human, yes. <laughs> or not. You don't even need to do that anymore because it's in Tasha's. You just variant whatever. They have the new one where you just yeah right take a feat instead of any other abilities. The cheater start. <laughs> So, yeah, I agree with you that I think this could get dull because it is the exact same play style from beginning to end and you're not really making a whole bunch of choices and all that. It's just about who to attack and specifically where to stand. Um, but, I mean, you could still grapple. You could still shove, things like that. Um, but your positioning matters when to do stunning strikes. And and then, I mean, it is also still a, a role-playing game. It's not like we're just yeah. arena combat after arena combat with nothing else going on. So right. Yeah, but definitely. You, you, they don't have a ton of stuff outside of combat to do. No. But that's just kind of like a martial <laughs> problem as is, really. A martial problem. They get a little bit with the visage. A pretty big monk problem. I mean, monks yeah. get like the tongue of the sun and moon where they can just speak any language, basically. Um, they can right. run up walls. You know, little stuff like that. It's it's nothing right. huge, though. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, mechanically, I think it's solid. I- yeah. 
keeps the monk. I, I haven't run run the numbers, but I, I think it definitely keeps the monk probably in line with other marshals. Yep, you are correct. Um, I will also say that this does make the best grappler for a monk, by far. Being able to replace your wisdom with with strength uh, makes grappling actually a possibility with monk, whereas usually it feels really awkward. Right. So you you brought up a great point there. So maybe take the grappler feat. No, I still don't. Don't do that. Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) And make sure to go to (laughs) monstersofmulticlass.com forward slash support where you can support us and find all of our links to do so. And that's it. Yeah. Comment, like, subscribe. That's going to be your job to say. Yeah. Yeah, I I think the YouTube gods like come down and punch us in the face if we don't end the video with that. Yeah. Ring the bell. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Don't don't hit me. <laughs> YouTube standing there with its butterfly mask. <laughs> you didn't say ring the bell, Kevin. <laughs> All right. Cool. Thanks for watching. <laughs>